0: This is the Business Storytelling podcast with Christoph Trapp, available on Google, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, and other podcast channels. Want to play it on your iPhone? Just ask Siri to play the Christoph Trapp Business Storytelling podcast. Also available on Alexa. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Hey business storytellers, how's it going? Christoph Trapp here, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. How's everyone doing? Today, second Second live stream of the day. We had Leslie Wright earlier uh, today talking about how do we move forward in these difficult times. Certainly, there are difficult times. Uh, this afternoon's episode. If you are listening on the podcast channels, make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. C trap if you want to get these episodes when they come out loud, live and loud. Sometimes um, we do have uh, kind of a loose schedule. I uh, usually do one or two a day currently. It looks like Twitter, we're already turning in. That's I really appreciate that, guys. Uh, if you have any questions, I'll check in with you in a second once I'm done here with uh, the opening. Um, today's topic, we want to talk about data science. And I have been told that I shouldn't come on these shows and say, I don't know anything about the topic, so let's get an expert to talk about it. And I get it. For some topics, that make sense. I know enough about design to be dangerous. I know enough about creativity to be dangerous. I know enough about video production to be dangerous. I know nothing about today's topic, data science. It's a little bit of a buzzword, but anyway, so we ask uh, or I asked, Ted Lorenzen to come on the show. We'll bring him in here. He's still... Um, in the wonderful green room on switcher studio of course just something to keep in mind if you want to produce your own uh, live streams switcherstudio.com trap one gets you the first month off uh, really appreciate those guys for letting me use their platform so ted lorenzo let's get him i know he probably does want to leave the wonderful green room but let's get him on the show here ted how's it going
1: great and it was a fantastic green room thanks for uh getting the M&Ms right and everything. I appreciate it.
0: They, they had good drinks and everything.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling really relaxed.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. That's well, hopefully not too relaxed. We got, a, yeah, cool. we got an important topic to cover. So tell us about yourself. Tell us about what is data science and, and why does it seem to keep bubbling up?
1: Yeah, um, well, let's, let's start with that data science thing. So, so you know, data science... Um, like you mentioned, it's a lot of hype, and it's a really broad topic these days. Uh, you know, it kind of grew on us from the West Coast as, as big tech got bigger. They had bigger and bigger data sets. They were too large to be manipulated in, in the usual ways, uh, the ways most people were doing that. And, and they developed data scientists and it became a really hot job. And what happened is that job became so hot that data science kind of has absorbed what we used to call analytics, business intelligence, Um and and really even some fundamentals now of like, I just wanna see how many people saw my ad last week, right? Like that falls into the realm of what data scientists currently do. So um, just just to keep anyone who's who's keeping track, uh, let them know where in that map I sit. I live more in the business intelligence and analytics end uh, with a focus on measuring marketing. Um, I have done quite a bit of of what you might call real data science where I've got large, large data sets hundreds of uh, features or, you know, like we used to call them columns, uh, millions of rows, billions of rows. I I can manipulate those things. That makes me a data scientist. But but truthfully, for our purposes, I think we want to focus more on data science is about taking data from a variety of sources, lining it all up, and then trying to turn that into something useful, right? Moving um, from data to evidence, perhaps, or from raw information to actionable recommendations. That's that's what data science is about, for the purposes of of today's show. I think
0: sounds simple enough in theory, uh, but I'm sure it's not. And so when we talk about um, evidence and data, I mean, you don't you don't know Ted how many business owners, executives I talk to, and they say we only care about one number, and that's uh-huh. you know the dollar figure. Yeah. But of course, what's interesting in marketing, especially, and and really anything when you started anew. And even I saw uh, Jeff Bezos the other day talk about stocks and customer metrics and whatever and how they, you know, he was talking about how the stock was going down, but everything else internally was going up. And he didn't even mention the dollars. He mentioned the number of customers. He mentioned the number of new signups, some, some other things like that. Um, so certainly there's all kinds of things to measure, but, but, but what, what, what should we look at? What evidence do we care about if it's, if we go deeper than just the dollars?
1: Yeah, it's a, an important question. You know, um, so the thing is, let's say I do only care about the dollars. That's, that's my number. That's my job. Make sure revenue is coming in or, or, uh, net revenue, whatever your preference is. Right. So that's fine. But then if it's my job to make sure that revenue is showing up, uh, perhaps I want to know what levers I have to make more revenue show up, right? Or um if I've exhausted all those levers, maybe I want to know what in my environment is preventing more revenue from showing up. Right. So that's how you get to say the next tier of numbers to follow. Right. So I don't know exactly what Mr. Bezos was doing, but you know, uh, number of customers, number of people who have ordered in the last couple of days, that's a really good indication of the growth of his business. Right. So sure revenue's important or or profit's important. But the next question is, what do we do about it, right? So so I like to break analytics in general and, and any kind of exercise for management into, you know, we might have a goal KPI, uh, you know, revenue, but th- then we need to say, okay, revenue is moving up or down, and I like it, so what can I do to fix it, right? So we have a, uh, a why is this happening layer, and then a so what do we do about it kind of layer, and that leads to other numbers uh, pr- pretty naturally, I think, if you think about it.
0: I'm currently accepting requests for future virtual and on-site keynotes and workshops. In 2020 alone, I've spoken in Singapore and Istanbul, virtually, of course, thanks COVID. I can't wait to get back on the road, and if we still can't get on the road in 2021, I would be happy to speak at your event virtually. Please reach out to me, ctrap at gmail.com or authenticstorytelling.net. Absolutely. And so when you talk about marketing, um, I mean, there's all kinds of things we can already measure, right, without even doing any kind of data science. But but how does data, and even, I mean, I'm thinking about one of my favorite uh, ways um, to, to look at something is I was, I think, sitting at dinner with somebody, and, and they said, oh, I wonder how many people do this on our website. And I said, oh, I can show you. And I just picked up my phone, right, and, and opened the Google app and just said to the Google app, hey, how many... Um, how many do this on our website? And he goes, Siri can do that. I'm like, no, that's the Google Analytics app. But I can just ask it a question. I don't even have to push any buttons anymore. So yeah. there is certainly a lot of things. But that's not data science, right? That's voice. Like, I mean, how do you do well, that? Or is it or is it?
1: So, so what I guess again, so so data science is is a big word. Uh, so so not to be pedantic, but just to make sure we're talking about the same thing. We don't know what we're talking about. The ability to assemble the various data sources is data science, right? And then we'll add intelligence into that um, and say what's important, what's really happening. So so from a marketing example, who's on the web page, you know, I think the next question might be great, we're getting great traffic to our main content, but why is no one filling in their contact information? Right? Um, well, I don't know. So so what your analytics can produce for you it's your traffic numbers and maybe what they were referred from, right? Uh, and then you might say, well, and these people referred in from here and they went to these various parts of the web page, right? That's Google Analytics. So great. Do we need to change that path through the web page to, to improve our conversion rate for people who are signing up for the newsletter or, you know, filling in their contact info? Well, yeah, we probably want that, right? We probably have that web page up for a reason, for a goal. So that's where... Um, In today's world, you're going to go hire a data scientist or do it yourself, which is fine. Um, And they're going to collect all the traffic numbers and build a quantitative model and say, look, uh, you know, if people are on page A, they're very likely to end up converting. If they never get to page A, they're not as likely. So we need to drive to page A instead of page B. Right. Or or they really need to go through A, B and C. Maybe instead of three pages, you want to put all that information in a short form on a new page and see how that does for traffic, right? That sort of analysis, and uh, especially when it's backed up by quantitative models is really where, you know, data science gets its hype and why it's the sexiest job of the 21st century and all that. Do you need help with digital marketing
0: for your small to medium sized business? Reach out now and drop us a message at ctrap at gmail.com. Is that correct? That's I mean is it really the sexiest job? I thought it was well, a content I mean, marketer.
1: I am wearing a lot of <laughs> a lot of clothes today, but let me tell you what. No, um Yeah, I uh I'm not going to argue that title. It was published, you know, a long time ago now and back in like 2003, I think is when I last saw it. Um it does uh I will say the job boards are hot and um you know, everyone wants to be data driven, right? And that's why I keep hammering on this and I'm sorry to repeat it. But data science is a broad umbrella. It's kind of gotten too big, right? Uh, but I do think that converting the piles of information we all have, we have in our phone, we have uh, in a variety of platforms just being gathered and made available to us and making that make sense, right? Making it turn into so what and why? what should I do next, that goes to professionals with experience in it. And that's analytics, data science, business intelligence, however you want to label it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So some of these things that you mentioned, I mean, I've looked at them before as well, right? Uh, If people drop off here, uh, how come they're not advancing to the next page or how come they're, and of course, every time you make people click, um, you lose people. I mean, that's just common sense. I think most people will not disagree with that. Uh, Sometimes I do have clients who say, hey, we want to have people go here and here and here and here. And their goal is that last page. and, And I'm like, well, don't make them click eight times, you know, unless you have, even if you have huge traffic, and of course, sometimes if a page is not converting, people always ask me, well, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? And, and I, I, I can give some educated answers, right? Like if the copy is terrible or uh, it's very hard to see what, uh, what you're supposed to be doing. But I still give the example of Adweek, you know, ad, not weak, but weak as in not strong, A-D-W-E-A-K, fantastic Twitter account, and so he was on the show, Mickey Taylor, and basically um, he, he was talking about, oh, I get people to hire me all the time. And I'm like, but your call to action is horrible. And he goes, it is. like it's, It really is. like it's, You have to dig to even hire the guy. Uh, but people still do it, right? Because his writing is just awesome. And, um, but how, how can data science help me to go beyond making an educated guess? So when people say to me, why are people dropping off here? What's happening here? And I make an educated guess. I mean, is there more data that we can use, more science, so to speak, to to um, be even more correct? Because I'm I'm mostly correct.
1: <laughs> but but you know is that what your I mean? Mostly correct. <laughs> yeah. Um mostly I do know exactly what you mean. And and I will say any data scientist who says they're more than mostly correct, you should immediately stop trusting. Um mostly correct is a pretty good target, right? So um uh yes, I the short answer is yes. But to expand on that a little bit, you know, what you might do is you're saying, I have seen a lot of these pages, I can tell what converts and what doesn't, and I have um anecdotal experience and like I had difficulty pushing the button, right? And you can build all that into a story that's very convincing and and we're usually gonna be right. Where you run into some trouble with that is um You know, perhaps they've got three pages that are all really similar in template and everything, you know, is in the right place and easy to read and they're correctly targeted as best as we can tell and they're just not working. Right. So so what data science approaches can do there is you can describe in detail features of both incoming traffic and the Web pages themselves. Right. And you can um, line those up and say, hey, my conversion rate. For this series of features, features being incoming uh, referral link and uh, sequence of pages they've visited. And for this final landing page, you know, it's blue uh, versus red, it has the dog versus the cat, it has the copy on top and, you know, form on the bottom, all those features. And then we can say, uh, with some pretty basic modeling efforts, look, uh, referring from Facebook is an immediate 10% reduction in probability someone's going to fill this in. Uh, and, you know, blue is a plus 5%, right? And we can add that up and then then we can arm you and say, look, uh, if you make these seven tweaks, we predict your conversion rate's going to go up X amount, right? So um, there might be some false precision in that. But the first thing we can do is say, quantitatively, we have a reason to believe you'll improve this much. And that's useful because then you can judge if the cost of the changes is worthwhile, right? Uh, and then the second thing we can do is we can identify features that may not be obvious uh, to you. Uh, and I'm not saying you are this, but um, let's say you hate cats and dogs equally. And so you don't, it didn't occur to you to think that the cat or the dog mattered, right? Or, or whatever uh, your particular blind spot is. The the models can illuminate that and uh, force you to think about it. You know, and you might still reject it and say, look, it's not cats or dogs. That's that's ridiculous, it doesn't make sense. We're, we're not selling vet products here. And you might well be right. But but part of what we can do with the data science is get people to strongly consider things they would have overlooked completely before.
0: And that's, of course, um, something that's that's worthwhile to go after. Um, so I, I'm wondering, though. I mean, I'm Ted, I'm talking to people, and sometimes it's hard for me to even convince them to hire me. And sometimes it's even harder to get them to hire more people who are actually going to do all the work, right? And content performance culture... I'm talking about, you know, here's the minimum roles that you have to fill. And some and I do make the concession that sometimes you can have one person fill those three minimal roles. And one is of course the strategist, the content creator, content distributor. See, that's technically should be two roles as well, but I get it if you if you don't have the budget. Um, and then also the analysts, which I guess where data science kind of falls into. And I'm just talking about the people who can even look at the numbers and say, hey, who is going where and what's happening and, and that kind of thing. And some companies, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we, one person can do that. Well, sometimes they can, but they can't do everything, right? They can't be an expert at everything. And, I, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I design, like you look at the logo for the podcast, I designed that took me like 80 tries to figure out how to remove the background on an image of yourself, right? I finally figured it out. There's an article on authenticstorytelling.net if you wanna check that out. Canva uh, does that relatively easily. Um, But I'm not a graphic designer, right? I'm also not a video producer. I'm a video director or or video, I'm I'm not a video editor, but I'm a video producer, video director, right? I've done that before. So when when, when we go into companies here, how do we even get them to invest in data science? I mean, how, how yeah. do they get there?
1: So, so that should be a process and it should start with very uh, small steps. So right, like you've mentioned, you're gonna have an analyst involved, right? Uh, that analyst does not have to have, you know, um, 20 years of statistical experience in scientific programming, that, that's fine. What you need to know how to do is take that analyst and ask them to assemble the data, And then, you know, ultimately, you're going to get to a point where um, they've gone as far as they can. And you're going to need extra help. Right. But honestly, uh, you can be very successful and run a medium sized business and never need that help. Right. If your questions are always um, very uh, answerable by the initial analytics, if you uh, have choices where cost constraint is your major issue and it's not a question of, you know, a little optimization here and a little there, you might not need some of these fancy quantitative models. But I guess maybe the big point to mention is, I say fancy, it's fancy from the point of view of if you're gonna build it from scratch, you need to open a lot of math textbooks and a lot of programming books. But a lot of the stuff is off the shelf, ready to go. Um, you know, Your analyst who uh, wants, you wanna encourage them to grow into data science, they might spend uh, a few hours with Google and, and some Stack Overflow posts. And if they have basic uh, Excel skills or basic, programming skills, they might well be able to assemble a very nice quantitative model, right? All this stuff has been uh, reduced to practice in a very clear way um, on a variety of sites with a variety of tutorials. So it doesn't take a lot of experience to jump in. And really, no one should be afraid to try it because, frankly, you know, uh, if your model says something ridiculous, you can choose to ignore it, right? If you run this process and it says, well, your best performing page has features that are all terrible, well, you know something went wrong. Right. There's like a built-in check there. So I would I would definitely say you don't need to come out, you don't need to call Ted Lorenzen up and be like, hey Ted, I'm gonna pay you $350 an hour, come in and do that, which is is not my rate right for the record. <laughs> but um I'm gonna pay you $350 an hour to come do this thing. Like that's that's a, a rare bird that needs that, right? Um, but what you do need to do is push the analytics and to start getting to that next stage of of so what and why, right? If you're not at least answering why, um quantitatively for your biggest questions, I would argue you should be working on that, working to build that layer next.
0: Just to be really, really transparent, you mentioned it could be a budget problem. Everybody has budget problems, you know, and, and everybody needs to make decisions on where they're going to spend their money. Um, but it's also, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of stuff off the shelf. Well, there's also a lot of stuff off the shelf when it comes to content creation, right? I mean, think about it. We're doing this live stream Three channels, and it goes to podcast channels, nineteen channels, and very little work. I mean i can I can yeah. produce this whole thing in forty minutes, and thirty of that, or thirty five minutes is us talking, right? And you're talking most yes. of that time. so my, the amount of my work is actually relatively um, small, but it took me a while to learn it, right? So instead of hiring somebody to do it for me, I invested, so to speak, the time to learn how to do it. So so there's a trade-off, right? So if you have like a business owner who could be doing something else or or yeah. a marketer who could be doing something else, and now they're expected to learn how to do data science, whether it's off the shelf or not, I mean i could put my own roof on and i still i wouldn't do that right just because first of all i would probably fall off the roof but sec- you know second of all i mean it would take me forever to learn and then my back probably would hurt even more than it does uh, it's mostly
1: it- the elbow from the the vibrations if you're not used to it really hurt your hand and your elbow in my experience I, I, a terrible roofing experience
0: so i got my my elbow my back you know all those things will be hurting <laughs> Uh, so when when how do you when you integrate into companies? What are like the best companies um, that that are using it already? What industries and like size? What are who who's typically most common to, to start using data science?
1: Yeah, um, I mean that's that's really the thing. It's where we are on the hype curve, right? Is uh, like I mentioned, it, it grew from the left coast with the biggest companies in the world. Now the biggest companies in the world um, hiring swarms and swarms of people to solve this problem. Uh, the problem of, you know, we've got tons and tons of data, so what, what do we do with it? And how do we get it into the right place, the right format, make it usable uh, at the speed of decision-making, right? Um, So it really is a big company thing that way. What's happened is the, the improvements in machine learning and artificial intelligence that help make the aggregated data so valuable have primarily been open source. So that's why I say it's off the shelf and free. You've got 20 and 30 years of people trying to make it easy to do. For themselves to do, but then sharing that back with the world, right? Um, so, so even though the biggest companies are where the bulk of the expertise comes from, right? Uh, you'll find that there's a whole bunch of people who really do know enough, not just to be dangerous, but to be effective at answering questions for a variety of business problems. So, um, I guess imagine the scenario where you've got a business owner, they're hammering away at the marketing, they've offloaded most of it, they're Uh, analytics person is saying, look, you know, I've done the basic traffic analysis, here's what we know. And and the business owner is saying, "I, I need more. I need to help making the decisions on how to improve this, what to do next. So that person, you could say, look, come find an expert. Sure. But then don't say, do me the analysis. Say, hey, build me a tool that if I keep getting data that looks like this, it can produce a report that clarifies my decision making, right? And then you're getting a lot of value. You bring in someone who's an expert. They can show you the tools. They can explain what's going on. They can help walk you through what kind of decisions you're going to make and, and what kind of data you're going to have. And they can put together probably fairly quickly, maybe more than 40 minutes, but fairly quickly, uh, a little flow through program that then, you know, you can run and have some results pop out that make sense most of the time. But again, that's that most of the time is the important thing, right? If, if you go through this kind of process and your data science is saying, hey, turn left and everything you know about your business is saying turn right you need to carefully weigh um, if, if you're just wrong about your business or if something went bad. And that's where a continually on expert would be would be an advantage, right? But then you're gonna have to be a pretty big company to afford that, right? I mean, I, I uh, just started a new job myself uh, full-time with a medium-sized company. And and I am, uh, hard to say again, how broad number you put on data science, but I am the data science department, right? And that's that's a pretty big company. It's got five hundred employees. So I, I think um, if you're a smaller company than that, you're going to be looking at hiring an expert for specific projects. And again, you want to make mm-hmm. those projects return value for a long time by building tools as opposed to uh, answering individual questions. Uh,
0: so first of all, that is my trademarked um, tagline. Right, most of the time. Just I uh, wanted to make sure that's on the record. Um, haha, I'm I'm totally kidding. But but here's my question, Ted. When um, It seems to me we hold technology to a higher standard, right? So whenever something goes wrong, whenever something doesn't work, one time. I mean, I I think of like autonomous vehicles. One of them Mm. gets into a a crash. And it's like the biggest, I mean, people hold it up as the biggest reason why why autonomous vehicles don't work yet. But at the end of the day, people get in accidents all the time. Way more often than once, right? Yeah. And but but to an extent, we're holding all these things to a higher standard. It's like in in content marketing too. You run a new strategy, and one thing doesn't work, or one person has a negative opinion, and we we use that as hey, Ted, you were wrong on that one thing, or like you know everything I know uh, points right while you're saying I should point left. Yeah. I mean, are are you seeing that how people use that potentially as a uh, disqualifying reason to push forward? And, and if they do how, how do, how do we move forward from that?
1: I mean, that's a, that's a general change management problem, right? People, um, you know, if, if you say we're going to start making decisions with this new information, this new way, uh, even if it, they're on board with the process and it all makes sense logically, when something breaks and it's new, Nobody wants to go through the effort of learning the new thing, learning to deal with mm-hmm. it, and then it have not work, right? So, so as an external consultant, I have certainly stepped into the room and said, uh, effectively, "Hey, uh, you're overbuying in digital. You should you should bump up your TV spend, right?" When I was doing marketing measurement, and have the whole room shut down. I'm like, no, 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 no. The whole corporate culture. We're going digital. We're definitely going digital. I'm like, well, you know, guys, big brand, national distribution, awareness is important national TV can be fairly cost-effective, that's marketing basics, and now I've got a quantitative model saying that, and I'm like, no, 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 right? So um, I will say, in that exact case, uh, you know, we talked through it, and we landed somewhere in the middle on what we are going to try, and we were like, well, you know, we'll do a little test, and we'll move forward, and it, it worked out in the end, right? And, and I think that's how it all has to go. So back to the scenario I was running of, hey, yeah, you hire an outside expert, he drops a tool in your lap and, and runs away that tool is going to break or it's going to do something wrong, or it's going to say you should, you should pick the blue background. And then it turns out you really needed the red one. Um, yeah, that's definitely going to happen, but you know, it's exactly like autonomous vehicles. I'm not ready to get in that taxi that's driving itself yet, but you know, like you said, the safety record's actually pretty good. And, uh, you know, I'll just wear a two seat belt or something the first couple of times, right? Like <laughs> I'm, a, I'm willing to make that transition. And you kind of feel the same way about this. Right. Um, Overall, the process, the technologies are going the right way. They're going to get you to a good place. They're going to give you confidence. Any one decision they assist you on, they could be, you know, it's a a probabilistic thing, right? They're going to be wrong some percentage of the time. The first one you you, you use it for, you may make the wrong call, right? But as a process going forward, making decision after decision after decision, um, this is the right place to be. And and that's why every medium and large company in the world right now is clamoring to be a data-driven culture and, and really trying to hammer on this point.
0: In in the days of when we were still traveling, I was in Las Vegas maybe last year or the year before and got the notification that there are self-driving lifts uh, and whether or not I would want to test one or whatever. And I I gladly said yes. I think there's also another person or two people in the car um, testing it. But yeah, I would have tried it. I don't know. But it's still it is kind of weird because, uh, you know, what what if something happens? Um, How about you talked about the content creation, the content strategy? And I know. You know, even in content performance culture, I talk a lot about how do you actually create stuff that performs? And a lot of times that is, it's a numbers game. I mean, I saw it the other day, uh, you know, I I had an article, I had like 90,000 views and any call to action that I put in there or any ad I put in there got a bunch of traffic, right? Just because the numbers were so high. I didn't need any strategy. I mean, it didn't make any difference. Now, some of them probably weren't the right people, quite frankly. Um, But that's any ad, right? That's any ad. But it's a numbers game. That's kind of what's interesting about the whole TV comment because, I mean, people still watch TV. I watch TV. And um, it's a numbers game, right? A lot of people still watch. It's not as many as it used to be or or like the top shows have a lot less viewership than they had 30 years ago. But it's still a lot more than just buying something on you know on somebody's website or or something like that how do how does data science work with the content team how quickly can stuff get fed back Uh, and then how easy is it for the content team to actually make changes you know based on what they know how is how does that work
1: so um i guess i'd say on, on how fast right uh like if your content's digital you're getting metrics on it nonstop. I mean, you started with the, I can ask my phone, right? So you hit publish and you start watching traffic. Um, as soon as those numbers are available, you know, you could, you could set it up real time. You could just feed those numbers direct through your model that then says, you know, these new pages are converting this fast. Uh, how can you get the content owners to edit it quickly in response and turn that intelligence they can act on? Well, that's gonna be more of a people process. Uh, you know, like I said, it's very much possible to put a uh, streaming data flow from Google Analytics into your uh, application that's going to tell you which pages are hot or what features of the pages look like they're driving the traffic. Um, but then you're going to have to have, what, a monthly roundup, a weekly roundup. It's going to depend on traffic volume, of course, right? Like uh, you're not going to want to make a decision about a huge overhaul on two days of traffic if that's five people. It just doesn't matter if the numbers are all all one way or not, right? Um you're really going to want to wait till you feel confident that you've got enough people coming through the process that the behavior change you're seeing represents something like the people you're going to target with, with what you're doing. But um, really, I don't know enough about you know, content systems. I mean, it is 100% possible to automate the change, right? We we're talking about background color is my bad example. Um, if you want to have uh, data science automatically pick your background color and roll that back out to your website live, I am sure that's possible. I would argue you probably don't really need that. Right. Um, but you know, uh, if, if you want it, it can be made that easy. Now you're starting to get into more like when you start integrating multiple systems, right? You need more and more high skill people who know the details of the software in and out. And that's that's going to be a bigger and bigger project.
0: You know, so the interesting comment here as well, Ted, was yes, it's a people problem, but there's also a lot of content people, or, or really in any industry, um, they drag their feed, right? Oh, we'll get to it later. I'm busy. I'm doing something else. I'm doing this and this and this. And right. so, what my recommendation would be. Um, figure out what data you need to use, and then find a way to implement it in a way that a machine can't do it yet today. Because, you know, I mean, first of all, if you're not changing the background because you're too busy, and then guess what? Somebody hears, hey, we can just have the machine do it automatically. I mean, slowly and surely, there's not going to be too many tasks left that have to be done by certain roles. Now, certainly all the technology still needs a supervisor and I mean, I see that too. You need to update things and and whatnot but but find a way to use the data to your advantage
1: yeah absolutely so so, for example, uh what I'm doing my first uh, couple of days at my new job uh there's reports that were being sent out manually. you know literally an analyst was downloading the report and putting it in an email and sending it to a distribution list. I'm like nah, i don't really I'm not interested in in cutting and pasting every morning so like I wrote some automation, and now emails just blast out to everyone who wants to see them. Here's your report for the day, right? Uh, so I would envision something similar going on for content. But the, the thing where people get busy, right? You know, small company, uh, maybe you've got one website uh, manager running across 12 clients, and they'll get to it and they get to it. Um, you know, uh, letting it be automated will fix that, but also so will uh, getting to them and communicating with them at the right time the right way, right? So some of it's about delivery. It's a big issue in analytics generally right now. If um, if it's always a batch report and then someone comes out and does a big presentation and then it takes a long time to get everyone in the room, that's a bit of a problem. If it's a dashboard, anyone can access when they want. That's that's better. But now we're getting to that next layer of an active notification that gets pushed out. You know, in an email, on Slack, uh, you know, probably LinkedIn messages, although I haven't checked that one. Right, and then your phone buzzes and you know you got to do something. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so some of that does come back to the design of the analytics delivery too. Like let's let's make it a, an irritant so that people who are responsible for taking action take action.
0: Yeah, don't don't get me going on people sending me a spreadsheet that I can't read on my phone.
1: Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. You just, you just try to like zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I used to get some of these spreadsheets, and they always come at I don't know five fifteen, and I'm, my computer's turned off, and I'm I'm on my phone, and I can't read it uh very but but the reason people do these things is because they were never challenged to change them and somebody started a spreadsheet eight years ago and they're still doing that spreadsheet now some of that there is some advantage i mean google just rolled something out i think it was on the ad side of things and they said data from two years ago will no longer be available after a certain time pr- time frame and if i really care how much ad spend i put out there you know four years ago I might need that data. I don't know why I need to know. Seriously, quite quite frankly. Well,
1: I, I mean, I don't know if you need to know, but, you know, again, coming from a data background, please, please save it, squirrel it away, okay. uh, put it in some other cloud service, save it as a CSV. I don't care, but just just save it. Because when you hire someone and you're like, oh yeah, two years ago is the last time I had this product on, I'm going to say, hey, how much did you spend two years ago? That's really going to help inform our predictions yeah. going forward, right? So, so always save it somewhere. Now, it doesn't have to be easy. It doesn't have to be easy to use. It can just be a PDF. But squirrel it away. Keep it somewhere. Print it out. God, have a hard copy. I don't care. Don't throw it away. Please don't throw it away. That, I'm sweating just thinking about it.
0: <laughs> Print it out and save it somewhere where you remember that you put it there. Um, you can certainly connect with Ted on LinkedIn. His LinkedIn uh, name there is listed on the screen. LinkedIn.com forward slash I-N forward slash Ted hyphen Lorenzen L-O-R-E-N. Z-E-N, if you're listening on the podcast channel, it's also in the show notes. Ted, any other place people should connect with you?
1: Uh, No, I occasionally publish uh, an article on Medium, medium medium.com, but you'll find that on LinkedIn much more easily, to be honest. So LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of me.
0: We did actually have a show on why you should publish on Medium. What's your take on why do you like Medium?
1: Um, You're asking the wrong guy. I like Medium because I get my five cents a month from it or whatever, and I'm like, oh, look passive income (laughs) um uh you know i was attracted to it because the content for data science is actually really good and uh it occurred to me to give it a try for myself and and i've just stayed there right uh easy get into super smooth the editor is a little eh, but um you know the audience kind of comes pre-built for certain topics so
0: and now to make five cents you have to how much you have to pay to make five cents though
1: that is an excellent point. I am a member. Uh, yeah. I don't remember if you have to be a member to be allowed to distribute, but I'm I do pay 50, $50 a year. Um, so I pay $50 a year, and I think total this year, they've paid me 10 bucks back. You know. But give it time. I've only got five articles up, so it's growing. We'll see. It's not an overnight
0: success. You don't have to convince me on that. <laughs> uh, Ted, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing your insights on data science. Uh, always great to have guests on like you where I can learn something new. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me, Christoph.
0: You bet. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening and watching on the live stream. And make sure if you're, depending where you're listening or watching, check out the other channel as well. Lots and lots of episodes out there. Fantastic guests uh, on, on all these different channels. Thanks for watching. Until next time.